God is good. You know, I'm not going to lie. The last few weeks, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to bring this word. And I get to this week, whew, mine just went blank. <laughs> That's God. <laughs> Amen. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get through this. But, you know, I didn't know the songs Marshall was going to play. But uh, I think it was the second one. It says, uh, Holy Spirit, make me more like Jesus. Crucify my flesh with yours. Now, y'all were singing that. All right. So we're going to see uh, <laughs> if y'all meant those words. Right. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, when things are going good, we feel we feel good. We feel fine. But when people do things to us, it's hard sometimes to bless those that may persecute us. It's hard to show mercy to, to those that, that do us wrong. But the scriptures say we have to show mercy. But sometimes, you know, after being in the military for so many years, I, I, I come to realize that with the military itself, military can be pretty arrogant. You know, military say, uh, you know, they're the best at everything, this and that and that. And that carries over from the government the nation, and guess what? That has poured into the church. We, we think that we're the best at everything. Uh, we think we have it all together a lot of times, and this is why I was talking about going through Matthew 23, and we're going to pick up at Matthew 23. But, you know, um, we want to be on guard that we're not like the Pharisees and the scribes. And y'all have heard me say it the last few weeks. And unfortunately, as I was studying this, especially this particular uh, passage here, more and more, I, I'm starting to see that, yeah, the church as a whole, we're like more like the scribes and the Pharisees, and we, we have to be on guard against that. Amen. All right, so let me ask you this question first before we begin. We're going to start at verse 23, but what is more important, the government law or God's law? God's law. God's law. All right, y'all said it. Y'all said it. Not your question. Not a trick question. I agree. God's law. Y'all remember that. Amen. All right. Matthew 23. We're going to read 23 and 24. This is the fifth woe in this chapter. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay, you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others Undone. Verse 24. Blind guys who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. So we can stop right there. So Jesus is basically calling out, calling them out for their corrupt uh, living. So basically what they were doing, and I can see verse 24 as almost being like, a, I guess, a joke. Jesus is saying, because I can imagine them trying to strain out a gnat from a drink and keep from swallowing that. But yet they're going to swallow a camel. Right. So Jesus is not talking literally in that. But what Jesus is saying, y'all are so busy focusing on the little things, but you're forgetting the weightier things. Weightier not being the heaviest or the hardest, but the most important things. See, we have a lot of Christians that talk about God being so hard in the Old Testament with his laws. But understand, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. We serve a merciful God. And that's what the God was in the Old Testament. It's the same God that's in the New Testament. He's merciful, so he requires of us to be merciful. And a lot of times, we forget that. Because it goes back to what I'm saying, where we're focusing on our viewpoint, we're focusing on our opinions, 
We take a lot of things in and we allow those things to shape our thoughts and ideas and our concepts and we get away from the word of God. And we can't allow that to happen because when we do that, we are not walking with Christ. So, just like the song says, make me more like Jesus. Some things we have to crucify our flesh with. We have to crucify our personal feelings with. We have to crucify our opinions with. We saying amen, but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. We're gonna see if you amen after this. <laughs> All right. So the Israelites were commanded to tithe certain certain, uh, certain specific crops. This included oil, grain, and wine. It goes further in Leviticus 27, where livestock, fruits, and things like that. But see, the Pharisees and the scribes were so trying to be so literal and so that they they uh, they tithe in these mint and his niece and cumin, and God didn't require that of them. Jesus is saying it's good that you did these things, but they were taking everything so literal and try to put it on the people. We have to be careful not to do that. So before we continue, in verse 23, Jesus points out, not in judgment, but for their benefit, other relevant matters of the law of Moses that they were not keeping. So I read, I read from the New King James Version, which says justice, but the King James Version has judgment. So this is what it is. Judgment is that of making right decision coupled with justice. In other words, doing what is right. Not so much as going by the letter of the law, but by the spirit of the law. So I saw a, a small video clip this week, and it was an old man who was in court. Apparently, he got a ticket for speeding. He was like 92 years old, right? And I don't know if it was an officer that, I, I hope it was an officer that read, wrote him up, and I hope it was like a speed camera or something like that. But anyway, the judge was listening to him, and, and, and he was saying, Judge, Your Honor, I don't speed. I was taking my son to his uh, treatments for cancer, right? And the judge said, how old are you? He said, 92. So the judge had every right to throw the book at him, to fine him, right? To at least make him pay court costs, court costs, right? But he didn't do that. What he said was, you know what? You're a good man. Here you are in your 90s taking your son who is sick for his treatments. You're a good man and you're a good father. So I'm going to dismiss everything. That's justice. That's justice. So what else did he say here? Mercy. Mercy is that of being considerate of. In other words, mercy takes into account others' feelings. And a lot of times, we as Christians can be so on a high horse that we can look down on people. We may see people who may be faithless at a moment. And then we will condemn them for being faithless. Or I can't believe that you don't believe God or they're not believing God. Guess what? We're all faithless in something. So we can't sit up here and point the finger and contend, but we have to have mercy towards other people. Right? Because where they may be weak at and we may be strong, they may be strong in another area where we may be weak. So we all need one another. And we can't sit up here and be judgmental because that's what we like to do in the church today, especially in America. I'm better. I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm. That's not of the Father. That's of the devil. So faith. Faith is that of listening to God coupled with conviction and compelled to honor his desire with our lives. The lesson of Jesus is if you want to please the Father, 
What he was saying to the scribes, don't just do part of the law, do all of it. Don't just do the easier things. See, a lot of times as Christians, we focus in on the easier things. We may focus in on going to church and worshiping. Right? Or some of us, it may be easier for us to read our scriptures. Some of us, it may be easier for us to pray. And while we're not in the law, but guess what? All those things should be inclusive and encompassed in our lives. And sometimes we forget those things. Right? We may do what becomes easier for us. And then what happens? Now we start turning into legalistic Christians. Oh, you should pray this amount of time. Bible never tells us how long we should pray. It tells us we should pray without ceasing, meaning that we should be consistent and be frequent in our prayers. It doesn't matter how long we pray. Oh, well, Jesus prayed for this long. He prayed all night. He didn't tell us to do all that. But then what we do is we got people on YouTube say, hey, you pray for an hour a day, pray for two hours a day, and then we put all these legalistic burdens on people, and then guess what? We're just like the scribes and the Pharisees. And we're thinking we're going to get blessed. But guess what? You could pray for three, four, five, six hours a day. Doesn't mean God is hearing you. If, you're not, if your heart is not right, if you're not living in mercy. That's what Amos was about. In Amos chapter 5, you can read it on your own. Right? Amos chapter 5. God said, I am tired of your church services. I am rejecting them. Matter of fact, the God who we say we're to worship, God said, I don't even want your worship. The worship that's supposed to be in the realm of the God, God said it's a stench to me. Why? Because your heart is not right. You're not showing mercy. You're stabbing each other in the back, stepping over each other, and this is what we do in the church today. It's about me. How can I get ahead? But it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be, again, justice, mercy, and faith. See, the religious leaders were trying to be so detailed in the people not disobeying God's law, they in turn lost the meaning of the law. And we got to be on guard and we have to be careful not to fall into that. In focusing of these details, the Pharisees became insensitive to the greater point of those laws. Obedience was important, of course, but just as important is to know the purpose, the regulations given by God, only by knowing the purpose can a person rightly judge how to apply those laws. So y'all heard me say before that it is okay for us as believers to judge what goes on in the house of the Lord. But it is by righteous judgment. So John 7, 24 says this. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And sometimes we forget that because we start to act like the Pharisees, and the scribes, and we become blind gods. Remember I said uh, last week, blind gods. Gods means teacher of the ignorant and inexperienced. And I talked about how, how do we keep from being ignorant? By reading. All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter 12. Remember, y'all say God's law is important, right? All right, remember that. So don't shoot the messenger. All right. I agree with you. <laughs> Matthew 12. So what's happening here, we have uh, disciples and Jesus was traveling, working, and now the disciples have gone and they went to go pick grain because they were hungry. And then the scribes and the, uh, the, the Pharisees, 
they were getting on them saying they were doing what was unlawful. Not the fact that what they were doing was going and, and picking things. That wasn't unlawful because Deuteronomy 23 says that that's what they were able to do as Israelites. They were able to go in somebody's property and if they were hungry to eat, but they couldn't take more than what they needed. Why? Now that prevents everybody else from starving and going hungry. Right. So they weren't breaking the law in that aspect, but they were getting on them uh, in reference to working on the Sabbath. Right. So what does Jesus say here in verse three? But he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Let's stop right there. So, I don't want to take for granted, everybody's familiar with that, but 1 Samuel 21 tells about this story. Right? So what happens is this. David is being chased by Saul at this point. So David is on the run. David is hungry. So he comes across the, uh, the temple and comes across the priest. And David asks him for some food. So the priest, they have what's in the temple was, was, was called the showbread. And the showbread was replaced every day. You had six loaves on one side, six loaves on the other, and represented, each loaf represented the tribe of Israel. But the issue was, the only people who could eat that showbread were the priests. So here's David coming up to the priest and say, hey, you got any food? And he said, all we have is this bread. And guess what? The priest has a decision to make. Do I stay with God's law or do I show mercy to a person in need, which is the spirit of the law? So he gives him the bread and he eats. All right. So let's keep going. Verse five. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? So let's stop right there. So we all know. There was supposed to be no work done on the Sabbath, right? But the priests were working quite a bit on the Sabbath. Why? Because they were making offerings. They were giving offerings to the Lord on behalf of the people. Right? So what Jesus is saying here is that you are aware of what David did, but you didn't have a problem with that. You are aware of what the priest did. But you don't have a problem with that. But now that my disciples are here and they're hungry, just like David was, you have a problem with it. So basically, you have selective morality. So you want to pick and choose when mercy is divvied out. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. Right? Because, you know, as I read this, what came to my mind, actually was in reference to the immigrants coming over. Can I ask you something? Was Abraham immigrant? Yeah. Actually, an illegal immigrant. Oh, well, God told him to go over there. Yeah. Hebrews 11 tells us Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all aliens. Had no place to go. In a land that was not theirs. They had no home. Israel. Were they not immigrants? Not only in Egypt, but even when God sent them to Canaan. But if you had read 
you will recognize that God told Israel not to treat them a certain way. Because why? They were strangers too. Hebrews 13, turn there. Let me say that a little softly. Hebrews 13, turn there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the zone. <laughs> uh, we'll begin at verse 8. All right. Hebrews 13, begin at verse 8. We'll read verse 8 and 9. Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Verse 9. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Stop right there. Various and strange doctrine. Various and strange doctrine. So that word strange is there in the New Testament a lot. And it means alien. It means foreign. So what would that be foreign? Mean foreign to the word of God. See, a lot of times what we allow, we allow that strange doctrine to get into us. We allow that doctrine of the news to get into us. We allow the doctrine of newspapers and internet reports to get into us. We allow doctrines of even some of these ministers to get into us that say, hey, keep them out. Let them, don't, treat them, get them out of here. And then we put up barbed wires around the country, and we're okay with that. The government has a role to play. I'm not talking about the government. What is the church supposed to do? Justice, mercy, and faith. So the minute that we start conforming to the world's way of doing things, and we allow the political spectrum to divide us, that becomes legalism. That becomes legalism. And we're no different from that. But see, in Ezekiel 22, God said what? They were so corrupt and messed up, Israel was, because he was warning them that, hey, it's too late. Judgment is coming. Babylon is coming. Right? You're going into captivity. And in Ezekiel, he talks about how he was looking for somebody to stand in the gap. What we are supposed to do is stand in the gap. But see, the priests were like, a lot like some of these preachers today. They were supposed to, in Ezekiel 22 it says, they were supposed to tell the difference, tell the people the difference between the clean and the unclean. Holy and what was profane. But they didn't do that. And we got preachers today not doing it. This is why we have so many Christians worrying about this one, that one, and what's going on here. How about you worrying about being like Jesus Christ. Amen. And showing mercy, justice, and faith. That is our role. You know, the problem is, you heard me say in John 10 and 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The problem is, so many of us have taught, been taught that that's the devil. But if you had read Starting up at the beginning of the chapter, you realize that's bad teaching. But most of us, we listen to somebody and we take it. Well, the devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. destroy. Yes, he does come. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. This is why Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So those who 
who hear my voice, they know my voice. Why? Because just like Hebrews 13 and 9 says, we're not going to allow the strange and various doctrines to come into us because we recognize it's not his voice. It's not the mercy. It's not justice. It's not faith. So I'm not going to allow that to come inside of me. We have to shut it off. And if we're listening to somebody like that, whoa. 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 What happens when we take in those things? Matthew 7 talks about what? A good tree brings forth what? Good fruit. Bad tree brings forth what? Bad fruit. So now we're listening to somebody that tells us to basically not show mercy to people. And it doesn't matter if it's immigrants. It could be people here in the housing projects. That's bad tree. And it's producing bad fruit in the believers. I had a pastor tell me a couple years ago saying, well, you know what? Hey, they're not supposed to come over here. Last I checked, this was the Indian's land. Last I checked, this was the Indian's land. We have to be careful. We have to be on guard on how we're behaving and what's coming out of us. All right, so Leviticus 19. So you turn there. Old Testament. So you don't take my word for it. The weight of your matters. The weight of your matters. Leviticus 19. Alright, we there? Verse 33 and 34. Watch this. And if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall what? Not mistreat him. Let's stop right there. I know police departments that won't take a report from somebody that doesn't speak English. You know why? Because they have nobody defending them. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as what? One born among you. That word stranger is foreign, alien. And you shall love him as what? Yourself. Anybody got anything different? You shall love him as yourself. For what? For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So what does that remind me of? Go to the New Testament. Mark chapter 12. You shall love him as yourself. God's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. All right. Uh, Mark 12. I told you Mark 12, right? Uh, Verse 28. Alright, then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Verse 29. 
Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Verse 21. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So who is our neighbor? We know about that, right? Jesus talks about it in Luke. Not Luke, the Gospel of Luke. <laughs> so he talks about it in the Gospel of Luke with the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan. Why? Because you had the Jew, the Israelite, that had been beaten up. And all the priests and all those who were supposed to help him. And here comes the Samaritan who was treated as a stranger, as an enemy. And guess what? He could have treated him as the same as them, but he did. He took care of him. He took care of him with his own provision. That's mercy. That's mercy. That's justice. That's faith. Verse, verse 32. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God. And there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as, your, as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, look what Jesus said. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. We have a lot of Christians that are far away from the kingdom of God. They're thinking they're uh, hooked up with the kingdom of God. But mercy, if we don't show mercy, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Back to the Old Testament. Exodus. Exodus 23. We're going to go to Exodus, then we'll go to Deuteronomy, and then we'll flip it back to the New Testament. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to go to Mexico and bring people over. That's wrong. I'm not telling you to do that. All right? <laughs> I'm just saying what our role is supposed to be. How we are supposed to respond. All right, we in Exodus? Okay, Exodus 23, verse 9. Also, you shall not oppress a stranger. For you know the heart of a stranger because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy chapter 10. 10 and 17 through Read there? I hope so, because we ain't got that far to go. All right. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, uh, we're reading from 17 and 19. For the Lord your God is God of gods, and the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality, nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the what? The stranger. 
giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. So, just so you know, right? So that word stranger there in the Hebrew means newcomer, lacking inherited rights, of foreigners through conceded rights, through conceded rights. All right? Let's go to the New Testament. Matthew 25. I wasn't supposed to be teaching on the 25 yet, but oh well. Yeah, I'm almost done. We're gonna we're gonna land this. I thought it would take longer. <laughs> Matthew twenty five. We there? Yes. All right. All right. Uh, Thirty four. This is Jesus talking. Then the king will say to those. On his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand. Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did, you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So that word stranger there in the, in the Greek is xenos, foreign, alien. As a church, as Christians, we have to extend mercy. Now, I find it funny because I always get both sides of the views, right? And my family hates this about me. <laughs> but I did research and then the main scriptures that people come up with against it is Romans 13 and Second Peter, no, excuse me, First Peter chapter 2 where it talks about government. However, if they had read, Romans 13 has nothing to do with an alien coming into this country. Because you actually have to go back to Romans chapter 12 to understand Romans 13, where God did not want Israel to take 
judgment on themselves where they were allowed the law to do it. And it talks about that the government is there as an executor, as God swore, to what? For against evil. And it's talking about, yeah, we don't want terrorists coming into this country. We don't want murders and things like that happening. But what happens is our viewpoint gets skewed by the media. A lot of us go and we do research, and what happens is we're not looking at good journalism. The journalism today is actually opinionated stuff. You read the Richmond Times, it's all opinionated stuff. Good journalism is going to do good research. It's going to give you both sides of the view. I guarantee you can't find an old journalist that will condone the journalism that's taken today. Newspapers, internet, and TV. Because they recognize the stuff that's being put out today is trash. Just like in Hebrews 13. Various and strange doctrine. And we're allowing ourselves to get caught in that. And it's not just, again, it's not just about the immigrants coming over here. It's other things. Right? You know, I love history. I love church history. And I find it ironic that, you know, when you go back years ago, that the church will argue about what a woman is wearing into the church. Whether or not they're wearing pants. Whether or not how long their dress should be. Should it be to the knees? Should it be below the knees? Should it be to the calves? Should it be to the ankles? Should it be all the way to the toes? But these same people, they strain out the gnats and swallow the camels. They were okay with slavery taking place. But they didn't want to show mercy towards that, but want to argue about something trivial about what a woman's wearing. Can I ask you something? When the law came out with Moses, was there pants around? No. Let me help you because some of y'all give me an answer. look, so no, <laughs> it wasn't. But we will argue and go overboard all those things. But again, Where's the mercy at on our part? See, we, we come, I, I mean, even with somebody losing their life, we look the other way sometimes, right? Because a lot of y'all, if not most of y'all, watch the news. Okay. <laughs> right? But somebody gets murdered, like, oh, that's sad. Then next day we move on. Where's the mercy for the family? Where's the prayer for the family? Even when I worked homicide, even if it wasn't my call, I get an all page at night waking me up. And I see there was a shooting. Guess what? Even if it's not my case, my team, I'm waking up and I'm praying. I'm praying for justice to be served, for an arrest to be made, for the family to be strengthened during this time of mourning. It doesn't matter what they did. Where's the mercy? Where's the mercy? Because if you don't have mercy... Whoa. Whoa. And I, I, and I thought about it, you know. Because we're like, well, they're coming over here. Again, our minds being shaped by the media. They're coming over here in droves, right? So it's a, it's a Biden issue. It's a Democrat issue. What significant event did we have a few years ago? COVID. We're one of the wealthiest countries. 
Right? We're one of the wealthiest countries out there. Guess what? We have businesses in this country that closed down. Businesses still struggling, trying to recover. Can you imagine what someone in Guatemala, El Salvador, are having to deal with? But what we do, we, we take our financial resources and we'll send it to a country that's involved in the war. Fine. We send millions of dollars. How about we send these financial resources to these countries that are struggling? We won't do that, though, right? Byron probably doesn't remember when I asked you to pray for the immigrant problem a few weeks ago. And you prayed a very great prayer because you prayed about their situation over there. See, the problem with us here in the United States, it's not on our soil. So we don't care. You got little children getting snatched up over there. They're turning into sex slaves. Anybody seen uh, the movie, was it? Sounds of Freedom? Yep. Seen it? True story. So I'll advise y'all to watch that if, if you can stomach it. It, it. You don't see nothing, but still you get the premise of it. Crimes that's taking place. You either join the gang <laughs> or you die. And see, even with the church, even when Israel went and uh, bombed Gaza over there, you had Christians saying, well, you know, Israel warned them, just get up. Just, why don't y'all just get up and leave? Y'all know what the average age is over there? 18, 19 years old. It's not easy for them to just get up and go. You know how many young kids that shows? Because that's the average age. But we don't care because it's not on our soil. But as believers, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be praying. We're supposed to be having mercy. Right? So initially, right, when Russia and Ukraine, the war started, we were praying. Same thing with Israel and God. Now some years, months gone by. Some of us probably don't even pray about it no more. Where's the mercy? Where's the justice in that? As believers, what are we supposed to be doing? All right? We can't allow ourselves to get caught up in what's going on out there. Okay? And I'll tell you what, it's okay. Because I feel it. It's okay for y'all to disagree with me. But disagree with me with scripture. Don't disagree with me with what somebody said. Disagree with me with scripture. I didn't give you enough scripture. And I got plenty of more up here. You don't have to turn there. But what Jesus was quoting in Matthew 23 was Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Hosea 6.6 6 says, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. There's that knowledge again. We can't allow ourselves to be ignorant. See, we, we, we will go by what we hear. But what does the scripture say? Is what we're supposed to go by. That's what we're supposed to go by. See, it's the weightier matters. 
Right. And, and, and here's the thing when I talked about with David and the priests. David actually went and lied to the priests because he said he was on mission from Saul. And he wasn't. But guess who was there? A servant of Saul. And then that servant went back and lied to Saul in chapter 22. So guess what happened? That priest actually lost his life. Why? Because he was just doing what was right. He was just doing showing mercy. Right? But he had David lie to him. He had the servant lie to him. But he was the one doing the right thing. Regardless of whether or not he knew what they were doing or not. And guess what? I'm pretty sure that priest said, heard, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, sometimes when we take a stand to do what's right, it's going to go against the grain. It's going to go against what the world is thinking. And guess what? It's going to go against what the public opinion in the church is today with a lot of Christians. Stop allowing yourselves to be deceived in that. It's okay to do. see a lot of times we get caught up in doing the routine things, paying our tithes, going to church, reading the Bible because that's easy to do. But it's hard to take a stand when we're standing for truth. When it goes against our opinions, our pride. But what does the scripture say? Because we're supposed to walk in love and mercy. Because even when Jesus is there, y'all heard me say this before, and we're going to get to it at the end of Matthew 23. Even with Jesus saying to the scribes and the Pharisees, whoa, he was warning them because he loved them. And see, this was the difference in the issue with Ezekiel 22. The preachers were not warning the people. Your blood's not going to be on my hands. What you do with it is on you. I'm just giving you what the scriptures say. And I gave you all enough scriptures. And if you didn't write it down, it's on the video, prayerfully. <laughs> so be careful on how we treat other people. And again, it's not just the aliens, homosexuals, transgenders. The murderers, even the rapists. I know Christians that won't give a time of the day to a rapist. But guess what? They need mercy too. Our job is to love them, not judge them or have selective morality. Say, well, you know what? I'll forgive the thief. But I'm not going to forgive that person. We laugh. But there's Christians that are doing that. Mercy, justice, and faith. Amen.